Clap. Okay, three, two, one. That's the first time I've clapped it, what seemed to me in time with somebody. Usually I've done that and he's gone, three, two, one. Yeah, that was, I mean, from this end, it was all over the place, but we can oh, go with brilliant. it. <laughs> brilliant. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to uh, open up to a clap. Yes. Uh, that was a nice <laughs> start. I like that. Um, so this is uh, Lockjaw 2106, the sixth podcast of the year from Lockjaw Records. And I've got my old buddy Craig Leach on today. Hey. Um, nice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me, Craig. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. You're yeah, very welcome. Uh, I think, I mean, the first time I met you was in college. Yeah, man, back was... at ACM. Back at ACM, a while, uh, yeah, a while ago now. What was and that? 20, I guess twenty fifteen. No, way before that. Fucking hell, two thousand and eight. Oh six, yeah, two thousand and six. Jesus, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> two thousand and six. I think that's when I left yeah. ACM at two thousand six. So it'd be two thousand. No, surely. What course did you do there? Uh, the guitar course. Ah. Yeah, I was uh, I was production. It was um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was nice. I think I mean like, I guess the very very first Darko rehearsals, I, I would have uh, um, been joined by you in in the Hayden Place. Yep, when yep, you were yep. working as the tech guy. Dude, at that Hayden was the, Place, the so. best job ever. Like literally, I mean. <sighs> I don't remember ever going there as a student other than going there and using that studio upstairs and the fucking sweat boxes. But when we yeah. were working there, we literally just like crank tunes, order pizza, just chill out and just sit in your own filth for like, I remember doing <laughs> like 18 hour like shifts in there and it being like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. That's well good. <laughs> like four pound an hour or something. Just like, this is the fucking dream. <laughs> but yeah, it was always, then we just, yeah, said our hellos and, Always cat caught up there, and then the last time I saw you, mm -hmm. uh, I think was in Germany. Yeah, in that Tells Bells festival, and that was a fucking sweat box as that well. That was fucking warm. Like, I had a raging hangover that day as well, and I remember everything just being extra difficult that day. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, it was such a weird day as well because I mean we'd we'd been out for probably about three weeks at that point, so. It was like we were at the point of it being a well-oiled machine. And then uh, the front house engineer from The Descendants came up to me and was just like, that was a great show. And I was like, this didn't just happen. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> I was um, blown away. Yeah, so, I, I mean, just, just for the listeners here, we know what we're talking about. But, um, Craig, who are you? Could we have a uh, introduction? Yes, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Craig Leach. I'm a... Uh, TM in front of house um, that has been touring for 11 years now. Um, and somehow I've fallen into working with punk bands because I never really was a massive punk fan growing up. Like, I know it's probably not a popular <laughs> thing to say here, but I was always into like the Frosty Forest and like death metal back in the day. Um, but in 2014, um, after years of, of touring and stuff, I, I got introduced to the boys in Anti-Flag um, and have been tour manager front of house for them ever since. Um, and that's been like great fun and that's that's taken me all over the world and it's it's taken me on to work with bands like Mad Caddies and Lesson Jake, uh, amongst others, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of my work is in that punk circuit now, which is, I fucking love it. It's such a... Everywhere you go, you see like good friends. Like when we bump into each other, or yeah, like, it's just it's just everyone's so nice on the circuit. I love it. Yes, um, yeah, I I really love it. And it was it was nice. I think um, after seeing each other at college, it must have been on the anti-flag gigs. Maybe even Tolman in Punk Rock Holiday. Yeah, man. I, I was just oh, like bump into Holiday. walk past each other. I was just like, but wait a second, I went to college with that guy. <laughs> Mate, those yeah. like I'm genuinely gutted that um, because Punk Rock Holiday was supposed to this was uh, 2020 was supposed to be the the final year, wasn't it? Yeah, and they've I now managed we'll... to do one more, and then I think it's it's done, isn't it? I 
it's well i don't know i don't know i they're building a road through the site so whether they close it or yeah. whether they move it or whether they've decided that they don't want to move it and they're going to do something different yeah i've heard yeah as far as i know they're saying that that was going to be the last one but yeah. it's knowing the, best the team behind it surely it's the best yeah thing. it's uh last not last year 2019 uh i was there with less than jake and uh we managed to go white water rafting, man. And it was yeah. so much fun. Like, it's so weird. Like, so I, as much as I wasn't into punk, I was aware of Less Than Jake growing up, like, obviously, because you couldn't be in England and not know who Less Than Jake were. And uh, yeah, sure. then all of a sudden, I'm in a white water raft with Roger and just having a, a fucking laugh, just being like, what the fuck is going on? This is insane. I remember seeing him on TV on Kerrang! back in the fucking late 2000s yeah <laughs> yeah no that's it that's the sort of thing i mean like um uh, probably quite a few of the listeners were hopefully have been uh, and been able to experience punk rock holiday but the magic of yeah being by that river yeah. being able to be on like a kind of white water rafting holiday oh. or people do abseiling yeah it's the <laughs> most it's genuinely the best festival i've ever been to in the world and i i, I yeah. don't think there's any well actually there are a lot of great festivals out there, but Punk Rock Holiday in its own right is one of the best festivals in the world. Yeah, so. I think I remember, I think uh, the first year uh, my my good friends, uh, Chris Chris and Joe went um, and a few people we knew had been before, but I went to Boomtown and I had a good time at Boomtown. I was um, I was driving Treehouse Fire and oh, yeah. we had a great time nice. and, I liked, and I liked it and I was just like, this is fun. And they were like, yeah, but you don't understand. You need to. Yeah, this is another level. <laughs> and I went. I was just like, yeah, that is totally different yeah. and totally amazing. Well, the, the, so the first time I was there, um, it was in 2015, 2014, I think. And it was the first time Anti Flag had played it in about fucking ages, apparently. And uh, we were headlining the main stage. And I was just like, like kind of walk and everyone's treating me really well and everything and it's so nice and there's not like that hierarchy of of bullshit from headline bands and stuff and it was just like this is amazing like i can't cope with you go to these these big festivals all over all over the world and then the headline band has got fucking six fucking billion lights and staging everywhere yeah. and then punk rock <laughs> holiday you get there and there's people there with like a riser and it's great like it's yeah, just, exactly. Uh, and all the people running on the stage, man. I fucking love that place. I want to be there right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, it'll be a lot warmer. I tell you that. I think yeah, that was that year. For you yeah, you were headlining with Anti Flag, and we opened that stage when that was the first time Darko played as well. Fuck yeah. And that was like, that's definitely a pinch yourself moment. That yeah. I'm glad that I that I got to do yeah. just getting onto that stage. It was just like cool. Oh, I can play a really loud guitar. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking crank <laughs> it. And like, it's such a weird one. Like when I was there with Less Than Jake last year, like we had a couple of technical issues from front of house because, like, it's a really hard one in festivals. Like when you when you actually get the opportunity to sound check, it's like seen as a luxury, but it almost like through years of just throwing and going and just doing everything on the fly, like suddenly you've got time when you're outside in these huge areas that do change, like sound wise. And then yep. suddenly you're the headline band. It's just like, oh fucking hell, that that's not how it should have sound. <laughs> I swear, it yeah. sounded better than that earlier. But um, no, it's a great show. It was super, super fun. Every time it's fun there. Like even like all the audio team are amazing. All of all the hospitality, every, everything about it's great. And that beach stage is fucking wicked. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the big things is that the support of the smaller bands. I mean, mm. essentially, yeah, even the fact that I got to play with Darko. Like we're not. Uh, big by any means but we had the opportunity to play a festival yeah. on a big stage which was just with punk bands and that you don't get that often oh, it's really, incredible. and that's sick um but yeah so what's your what your crew size is like with the uh, lesson jake is it the lesson jake uh so i only i was only doing so we've got it's really cool with lesson jake actually so since uh matt yonker took over on drums so matt was the tour manager front of house forever um and then 
2018, 2017, he took over as drummer because Benny went off and did his own thing. And uh, since then, it's been a mixture of um, Tom, who mix uh, who mixes Real Big Fish, Mo that does, um, I can't remember who Mo does, and then myself. Like We were kind of, like as the three of us, just kind of, filling in wherever it was needed and it was just so fucking good so there was so with less than jake for example there's front of house tm guitar tech stage manager drum tech kind of thing um Mm -hmm. and then with anti-flag we really do we'll do whatever we can whatever we can afford so it's usually me doing tm front of house then we have guitar tech and a drum tech and a merch so usually yeah like anti-flag we tour as eight people in total because um I think it's it gets to that point where I I can't physically do any more, and I don't think anyone yeah. else can do like we can't really do it with less, and we have tried, yeah. but because so much of that stuff gets destroyed, it's it is time consuming, and you don't want to get to a show with half a fucking drum missing, and it's especially when it's going into the crowd, and the expectation of some people is you you can't you can't go up there with broken gear like, as as punk as some people may think it is like if you go up there and the guitar doesn't work fucking someone's gonna have a moan <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> so what's the sort of turnover that you get through with because uh, with the uh, gear if, well I mean... I mean like constantly repairing the legs on kick drums that they seem to go all the time I, like, I was actually doing an inventory the other day of our stock because luckily we've had uh Arv at high watt he's been looking after our stuff um for okay. the last well, for 2020, basically. Uh, and they're currently moving locations. So I, I I bought all the stuff back down to my storage unit. And uh, I was doing an inventory, and we've still got like five or six just of these drum legs kicking about. And it's it's drum hardware that we go through because like, everything is just cranked so much. Like, you must have you've seen Pat play, and he just fucking smashes the shit out of those drums. Like, there's yeah. nothing delicate about it at all. Um. And then, obviously, like, I mean, you've seen the boys play guitar and stuff. Like, two's jumping off everything. Is things are getting bashed. Microphones are getting bashed. Like, with the amount of times we're checking stuff, like it's not that they're destructive. It's just the way their show goes, things get yeah. broken. <clears throat> and like most of the time, we'll work with like broken things for weeks. And and like we have done that. We've made things that are fucked just work because we can't afford to go and buy new 200 pound microphones or whatever um but then we also do the wireless kick drum thing now which has been really interesting where we uh because the kick drum goes into the crowd quite a few people used to kick up a stink like in the security briefings before it's about us putting cables into the crowd yeah so we came up with a solution to do um like a battery powered phantom power box thing and then a wireless receiver and transmitter which which works really well, but obviously that gets knocked about a bit and all. So it's um, yeah, there's always something to fix, so, and, yeah. and all of our cases are fucked as well. So we're usually fixing them as well. <laughs> That's a uh, part of it all, I guess. Um, and uh, with the yeah, I guess we're anti-flag being your main thing. Mm. What's what's the as opposed to I guess punk rock holiday, which we've said is the best festival ever mm-hmm. <laughs> um what have been your favorite shows i guess club shows if you to pick oh um uh, we on the last tour in uh january january 2020 we did what's the big one in cologne called i cannot remember what that's called but in cologne is fucking awesome uh that was a really good show uh, but there's also like a, a little club that we always do in in France. I'm really bad at the cities, which is bad. Like because, <laughs> like I just have my sheets and all my stuff written down. I don't even think about where I am. It's just like as long as the bus gets there and as long as we're there, like and I've I've planned it. I don't even know what city we're in sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a club we do in in uh, in France, which is always great fun. Like, it's it's a, it's a dingy club with like low ceilings, maybe. 150 cap 200 and they always get 250 people in there and there's people booting the the ceiling tiles and stuff and it's like nothing beats those shows like yeah we've talked about it quite a few times like in uh in in the podcast we do and it's it's those 1500 2000 10,000 shows like they're awesome 
but nothing quite beats the energy of like a 200 cap club like there's there's no getting away from that like you strip everything back it just sounds fucking it's usually sounds better <laughs> it's just yeah. I, I love them um but uh where else was out with um spanish love songs not that long ago and we managed to do um what was it called Literally, my brain's turned to mush. De Boyne, uh, De Boyne, uh, De Boyne Noin? Fuck, okay. what's it called? And that's in, uh, I think that's in Cologne as well, actually. Right. And that that's an awesome little place. Um, oh, man, there's so many. So many I great mean, little clubs out there. Did you do, um, was it just a one-off show? Because that's another time we bumped into each other, Hot Water Music in Manchester. Yeah, so that, that's that's I was with um, so I was with Spanish Red City Songs. Radio and ah. Spanish Love Songs on that. Um, that was that was a great tour. Like, that was just wonderful. That that was one of those where to get invited onto that and uh, just hanging out with with Chris from uh, Hot Water Music, who I didn't realise at the time was obviously Chris from the Flatliners. Yeah, and the Flatliners <laughs> like have become one of my favourite bands over the years. And uh, I'll never forget it. We were we were in Berlin actually, just hanging out with with the flatliners agent who is also the same agent for mad caddies and uh lesson jake now so i know her really well and we were just chatting and then me and chris went for a drink with them and stuff and like i had no idea that it was chris from the flatliners still just didn't put two and two together until about a week after the uh the tour and oh, then really? someone <laughs> pointed out was like oh yeah it's chris from the flatliners i was like it's who? <laughs> Who? What? Why didn't anyone fucking tell me this? Like, not that I'd get fanboy about it, but it'd just be like, oh yeah, I could have talked to you about so much other shit. <laughs> yeah, I did. I hadn't read anything about him joining, so I was there at the show in Manchester, and I was like, hmm. just watching. I was just like, man, that really looks like Chris from the Flatline. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, it is. It fucking is as well. Dude, he is yeah, one apparently of. That, that's a thing. Yeah, he's one of the nicest guys in... That's the other thing. In punk rock, like, everyone's so nice, but Chris is way up there. He's a top, top lad. I do enjoy him a lot. Nice. Yeah, I haven't uh, had the pleasure of meeting him, but of what I've seen, I, I think uh, it was a Manchester punk festival did a uh, live acoustic, yeah. kind of the acoustic stream replacement for the festival last year, and he did uh set, and that was really good, and... Yeah. The nice thing about those is because people are just in their homes. Like, yeah. So it's kind of, it's very personal and yeah. it's just them chatting. So you kind of get that really. It's a different type of comfort vibe. zone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, so. I love it. <clears throat> but yeah, he he was. I remember like way back when he was he was looking at doing a whole new run of shows of of that acoustic stuff. So hopefully, hopefully that does happen. Yeah. Because I'll be there. Oh. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um. So, is not just punk bands. How did you get into the touring thing? So, what what got you from uh, uh, working your chills at ACM? Yeah, well, I eating mean, eating pizza. Yeah, man. I mean, I, well, obviously, it wasn't all just chilling and eating pizza. No, like, yeah. <laughs> we, we had to deal. Like, I I kind of moved away from the the sitting and babysitting buildings to going into the more repairing stuff and doing live sound. Um, and being more involved in the back end of the team, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of opened a few doors for me um, with other engineers and other sound companies. And then I was doing a bit of corporate work up in London. Um, and then, in fact, the, I think what really got me into touring was, um, do you ever remember a band called Jet Black? They yeah. Were like a, yeah. That's so how I they started. They used to be called were they skirt box before? That's the one, skirt box, yeah. Yeah, so, epic. <laughs> they're, they're so fucking good. But that was my first ever gig. Like, whilst I was just after graduating ACM, I was just like, because Will and that lot are from the same area that I'm from. Sure. So it was just like, can I come on tour with you? And then they, they eventually said yes after me badgering them for fucking ages. <laughs> so I went, I was probably the worst guitar tech known to man at that point, just going around like, <laughs> I remember even saying to Will, it's just like, you don't want me to change your guitar strings. And he was just like, I know you can do it if you like. I said, I don't want to. Like, I'll probably get it wrong or something. Just like <laughs> zero confidence in my ability to do it. So uh, yeah, I was just there humping boxes, basically. Um, 
But on that, I met I met a guy called Matt Pangeli, and, and Matt Pangeli opened up so many doors for me personally. Like not even so much job wise, but in ways of approaching touring and doing it the the best way you can. I think I I owe I owe a lot of my career to that man, and that was the first first tour I did. But then after that, um, I picked up a gig um, with a band called Marillion where I became the MIDI oh, technician. Yeah. And uh, cool. that kind of led into a load of world touring, which kind <clears> of got me that experience. And then, like, things kind of just started to snowball from there, I guess. Like, after that, then I did a stint with Ollie Murs. And then after that, I went and did uh, Sam Henshaw. I think all whilst, all whilst that's going on, I was doing Antiflag as well. Oh, it's really All hard right. to remember, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got a fucking clue how I ended up doing this. Busy times all over the world. Where about, yeah. When you say world touring, I mean, uh, whereabouts have you been? Literally everywhere? Or I, think every, like, I haven't been... I've not done Canada. Right. Um, other than that, I think I've done most other places now. Nice. Which has is been really with... cool. Is that with Anti Flag that you've done a lot of the places with, or is that Anti Flag well, mainly an, Europe? Another one of my clients is a is a band called Postmodern Jukebox, who are just like a a covers band essentially, um, and and we we get around the globe quite a lot. So uh, I've, I've covered a lot of those jobs in the last three years with them, right? Um, because I, my calendar's worked out perfectly that. We go out with Anti Flag, and then I go straight out with BMJ. So it's just like back to back touring for like the last five years or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, they they've got me about, but then uh, did like a couple of American tours with Marillion, and did uh, did Asia with uh, a couple of like smaller pop bands, and uh, nice. Australia, New Zealand with PMJ as well. India, India was still probably my favourite place I've ever been to on tour. Wow, it, yeah. like. The, the chaos is kind of calming. Right, yeah. It's wonderful. Like, I think we were about seven weeks into a tour, like fly days every day. It was brutal. And we get to, we got to, we landed in New Delhi and it was just like, this is insane. Like getting all my documents stamped at customs and stuff and it's madness going on around you. But it's just organised madness. Like it's just, cha- yeah, it's yeah. absolutely chaotic. But you kind of just embrace it and go, huh. I like it here. <laughs> That's it. I definitely I want to go back to India. That's one of the few countries where I would I want to go back and spend some more time. Nice, yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't been there myself, but it's uh mm. it sounds very different and unique from oh, massively. places. So. We were there as well. Um they actually had I think it was like an oxygen crisis because they were burning all the um leftover rice uh which basically <laughs> made the whole country covered in smoke <laughs> it was so fucked up man so That's it's like crazy. before this whole corona madness start like we were out in india having to wear face masks and and genuinely go careful going outside yeah <laughs> what's yeah. the um what was the weirdest venue that you've turned up at <sighs> it's hard because on some tours it just turns into car parks and empty rooms you never really know the difference between the venues almost but um weirdest venue there's a couple in paris there's that round one that's um that's a circus i remember going in there once and there was still hay left over in one of the rooms where we had all our dead cases and it like it stank of elephant shit and it was like <laughs> what the fuck is this and it was it was literally that it was elephant shit nice they were keeping the elephants <laughs> i think that was paris um there wasn't an elephant still there no, well, I didn't go and find it. Didn't see it. <laughs> Just kind of did my job and then went back to the bus. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, oh, where else? Um, weirdest venue. You know, it's now now trying to think of it, I can't. No, um, I think yeah, from like DIY touring um, <clears throat> around Europe and stuff. There's definitely been venues where, or I guess. I say venue, but there's venues that we've turned up at or rooms that we've turned up at, and they're like, "Oh right, what have you brought?" And we're like, "Well, we've got a backline, but that does not include a PA." And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Um, and now oh, my mate's got a Marshall combo or something like yeah. that. You could plug a mic into, like, 
cool. Thought, well, let's make <laughs> it work. I, yeah, we've, we've definitely had situations like that. I remember getting to, um, we were at, like, with Jet Black actually years ago. So after, after guitar taking for them, like on like two tours or something, I, I ended up becoming front of house for a short time. Um, and we flew out to Spain one day and we turned up like to do this show. We, it was like a headline show or something. Uh, in an outside area and we turned up like plenty of time in advance and like it was it was a shit show straight away shit show got there the pa's on the floor and stuff there's no consoles there yet and it's like nothing is there it wasn't ready for a show that was due to open in like six hours um right <clears throat> so it, it like it transpired that they ended up asking me to build the pa build the front of house system and it's just like well no because like, as much as I really want to help you, I'm not going to try and battle with all of your local um, suppliers in in a language I don't speak and take on all this pressure for the good of my health kind of thing. As much as I really wanted to help out because we'd flown there. Um, yeah, yeah. And then by, like, by the evening, like, I was I'd helping them out. Like, I, I Basically, I was like, you get everything plugged in. I'll build everything in front of house and do all that. It got to showtime and like we were miles away and there's probably 500 people in this this city square just there waiting. No music, no nothing. And, it, and about two hours after we were supposed to be on stage, it was like, fuck it. No, it's not happening. So we just got back in our hire car and drove to the airport. Really? Oh, no. So we basically went to Spain for a fucking Burger King. It was ridiculous. Was there, were there not other, any other bands playing then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was other bands on the bill, and like, they were still trying to get the first band on when we were scheduled to play. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, so Classic. it was it was a complete clusterfuck, man. Yeah. But Spain's well, I, always I, fun to play. I love I love doing shows in Spain. Yeah. You never really know what you're going to walk into. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you played any skate parks at all? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, was... No. With it, there's a couple, the couple we've ended up with, <clears throat> which have been super, super fun. But uh, a bowl is n not usually the most like uh, perfect thing to put. Yeah. Like, especially if you've got your cabs there, and you're like, what? What do you do? Just put them at an angle? Yeah, yeah. Think, and just drum kit like <laughs> kind of falling over you. Yeah. That's it. Or the drum kits <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. So one one of them actually was really fucking cool in Tokyo. It was the second time we played in Tokyo because we played twice in one week. It was the beginning yeah. of the tour and the end of the tour. But the last show was a matinee in this skate park. And that it sounds was, fucking awesome. Yeah, that was sick. And people kind of sat on the ramp around us. So yeah. and then you could like play and then just run up, run up and up and down in it. That's and that was kind of cool. Awesome. But when we were setting up, I was just like, everything was a slight angle. So you just yeah. like, if somebody like starts jumping around, which in like instantly people did, then you're like, yeah. my cab's gonna just tip over. Yeah, yeah, this this ain't gonna last long. Yeah, <laughs> all in the name of fun. <clears throat> yeah, um, absolutely, man. And that's the, the thing, uh... like, about it. It's 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 all about that fun. Like, uh, there's like none of the shows spring to mind, but there's definitely been some that like you've walked in at and you've gone, this is gonna be an absolute disaster. But then somehow. You end up probably having the best show of tour in there. Like it's, it's just you can't predict it. Yeah, I think that um, it's yeah the when you get to the point where you're like everything's here, we can still do the show, but I now can't be giving a fuck about how quality it is. We're yeah, just yeah. gonna have to go for it, and it's gonna be the best we can make it. But Absolutely who knows? Amazing. And then I think yeah. some of those shows, then you just fucking go for it. Everybody just goes right. Let's fucking get involved. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out to be. Yeah, as you said, like the funnest show ever because you just then relax. You're like, right, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when, like, to, with Anti Flag over the years, we've had a couple fly in shows, which is like, like you know, when you just turn up with a guitar and some cymbals yeah. and, and, and you, I think we did one like Belarus or something. And uh, we landed there straight in a car, straight to there. Like, it's all running late because of delays and stuff. Everyone's in a fucking shit mood. And, uh, we get there and it's like, right, we got half an hour to build the stage and then it's go, 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 boys. And uh, no one wanted to do that. Everyone's grumpy with each other. Everyone's in a foul mood. But then 10 minutes into the set where it's just, or like even probably first song, the intro's running 
and they've probably not got it on stage or something. So they fucking they've read it and they've got God, it's, it's going to be one of those. Um, and it was probably the best show I've ever seen them play because it yeah. was just stunning. Like the energy, like you've seen anti flag the energy is always there, but the energy in that particular show where it was like frustration at the situation plus exhaustion plus <clears throat> a million other factors just turned into this awesome show. Yeah, yeah. It just put everybody just goes for that extra bit. Um, yeah, man. And so have you, um, I, I don't know, if, do you play an instrument yourself or are you just into production side? And Well, I, I, I play a little bit of guitar, but I've never really pursued it as a... Uh, as a serious thing and I, 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 I like that I like being able to pick up a guitar and have a noodle and then put it yeah. down and not have to think about it for months like never had kind of early on worked out side. I could get paid to look after musicians instead of paying someone to look after me as a musician yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah touche yeah. <laughs> that is that's definitely the uh, way um, yeah but so um, the podcast I mean, mm. I, I mean, as we said, we bumped into each other. We were at the punk rock shows together. Um, and one of the first people on my list for this year, when I was just like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast. I know who I want to speak to. Um, Craig, because you've just started talking touring. Is that yes. Yeah, yeah. So talking touring kind of started in like first of January. I think the first episode came out. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a whirlwind, man. It's been really fun. Like literally just, just tonight, Anti-Flag just... Uh, retweeted or shared or whatever it is these days on these platforms i don't fucking know social media yeah they, they, we've been social mediated by uh, <laughs> annie flag today so uh yeah that's that's gone that's just amazing that that they're doing that and we've got got so many exciting guests coming on uh and it's it's been so fun to like you know when you you're going on tour and then you you're doing all that talking and you're planning it and in your head, like you may be doing questions or whatever. And then you get onto a zoom call and you see that person's face. And it's like that moment in an airport where you first see them at the start of the tour, just like, fuck yeah, let's go. Like let's, let's talk, let's reminisce. And it's just been so fun because I don't know, like so many people out there, like you can't talk to them about touring in the real world because it's probably boring to most people. But talking to people that love touring and then just putting it out there as like, this is about touring. It's unashamedly great fun just to talk <laughs> about funny times. Like, unfortunately, I've got myself in loads of stupid situations. There's quite a few to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, that, that as soon as I saw you were doing it, I was just like, that's the podcast that I want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much, buddy. Yeah, keep on back. listening. <laughs> and so who's, who's doing that with you? You've got your... So it's me and uh, Liam Sexton. Um, So me and Liam actually started touring together years ago with a band called Toesland. Um, And it kind of, when we started with Toesland, we we didn't know each other and we just got on really well. He was was a guitar tech. I was in front of the house. Um, And uh, we ended up just, uh, we, we got on so well that I ended up getting other gigs and then it was like, right, me and Liam will do that together and then this together and then like in the same time because he was ACM as well. Oh, Liam, right. Like, okay. he, he was actually in that first year of the Cato course, I believe. Okay. Um, so he uh, like he always was doing that thing and then we finally, 2020, managed to do something together for the first time in years, like which is awesome because he, he's just done the last two years um, doing the Idols. Um, oh, right. Nice. Like their last two years of touring basically so he's he's just been absolutely swamped yeah which has been amazing for like him and i was lucky enough to go out and actually cover a couple of shows with idols as well which was great fun like honestly one of the loudest bands i've mixed ever <laughs> it's insane but great fun like they're, they're nice guys yeah man good band so as well they've kind of came came out and just really rocketed well, what's crazy is, like, so, I mean, I remember doing Rebellion Fest with Mad Caddies in 2016, 2015, and um, they were there, middle of the day kind of thing. And, like, I'd, I'd, I knew um, I had friends at PRS, and they had done PRS events with them, and, like, they'd been kicking around for years, and right. it was it was a long slog for them to get to where they are, like they are, and... 
they've fucking they've worked really hard to get to where they are so it's so nice to see having seen them in the office block at prs doing their thing to then seeing them on stage at ali pally was just like wow like yeah it's incredible so i mean good luck to them that's what i say yeah sure it's cool i like yeah it's nice to see that kind of punk attitude and punk vibe in more of the mainstream it's so, so nice to see that the message that, that that's going out there it's it's nice that people are listening yeah like it's easy easy to sit behind our computers and saying that stuff but i guess when you're when you're actually saying it and doing it in front of many 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 thousands of people it probably has a bit more of an impact yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, they, they they were so interesting to tour with. And it was so nice to tour with them after years of like seeing the activism and all that stuff that Antifrag do to then see a British band doing it. It's just like, this is great. Sure. Um, <clears throat> have you ended up in air, or in the activism side of things is doing some interesting things on the side with touring with Antiflag? Is that... Is that so, more of a message, or do they end up doing? Well, oh, we do so much, man. Um, we Shepherd. we um, we they, over the last two tour. Well, I mean, we work closely with so many um, organisations. Um, we we have Amnesty at every show, um, doing collections. We we have Sea Shepherd come down. Um, I mean, once again, I'll probably I'll miss a million people off it. But every show, we we like to have people come up on the stage and give them the stage for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, just to tell the people about what they're doing. And it's 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 amazing. I don't know many other bands that that just give out platforms like that to um, people doing great things out there. So it's it's really fun to be part of that. But we also do. Um, in Germany, we're heavily involved with hockey as diversity. Um, so we, we go and do charity hockey games and we do uh, stuff with like Cortez Records. Um, and, ah, SO36. That's one of my uh, favourite venues in the whole world. I fucking love that place. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, they, they, we're always doing something. Like, I, I don't know whether many people have been following what Chris has been doing over, over lockdown, but he's been doing all sorts of stuff with uh, organisations of all types since lockdown and that's that's very similar to the kind of thing he's doing on the road as well so he's he's a machine that man yeah nice yeah that's good to hear and as you said it's nice when uh yeah when a band's got a platform of that size because a lot of people want to go out and Absolutely. see anti-flag and i guess if you if you're an anti-flag fan and when you are an anti-flag fan you you uh believe in what they're talking about as well which is absolutely all, and it's it's the perfect platform for a lot of these people i mean like it's um it's like having amnesty on I, I love what amnesty do so it's so great to hear them come out in multiple different countries in different languages and see a thousand two thousand five thousand two hundred people in a room get excited about it yeah because it does rally them because these people are pumped and they may make a couple of hundred quids here and there selling t-shirts and just giving out information i like because it's so fast paced our show a lot of the time like from the time doors open to the time that that bus is loaded i i rarely get to interact with them very much but it's always nice just to have a chat and just see what they're up to yeah that's good yeah um and uh well you're mentioning uh lockdown with what chris is doing have you managed to keep busy or keep yourself occupied i think it's probably a fairer I've, yeah, I've not gone insane. <laughs> That's good. Um, over there, like this. So in well, when it went like first lockdown. Yeah, I mean like, that was that was that was tough because uh, I was living in Germany actually up until just before that one. So I decided to come back to the UK. Right. I came back here and then was into immediate lockdown, which was quite odd. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean like we, uh, me and a couple of colleagues, we actually built like a. Um, a streaming studio up in London, oh, cool. which was doing pretty well at the tail end of last year, and just uh, I've been been writing tunes just at home, um, and then like I've been speaking with the Anti Flag Boys a lot. But like, like I said, we just moved a lot of their stuff down from the old storage down to here, which has been really nice to do. Um, and then yeah, I got a couple of little mixing jobs that I was doing for a friend, like. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's been a weird, weird few times, but I'm I'm definitely 
I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah. I can't really complain. That's good. It's nice to yeah. It's what I think. Yeah, it's a similar similar situation here. I've still yeah kept busy, but it's not it's not what I expected for the last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's it's not. There's nothing life changing going on right now. But, but um, I'm hoping that it's. I don't know whether you thought about it much, but like especially going back to touring and going back to these what was once normal after all of this i just really hope that people remember how much they miss it and yeah. i hope people just don't return to being dickheads straight away <laughs> i'm worried that you'll go to a show and someone's gonna get pissed off at someone for stepping near them and then they're gonna punch them and it's just like we've just made that 10 times fucking worse you twat like, yeah yeah i think as much as i look forward to that situation and being like you sir are a bell end yeah. I don't really want that to happen as well. <laughs> no, there's there's two mindsets. I was talking to um, Tim from uh, TNS Records, and he organises MPF, um, one of the organisers. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was saying he was worried that after it, it, will people get used to the norm, and will they come out to shows again? So there's, yeah. there's so many. There's so many thought processes. Like, will everybody just think, "Oh, I'm going to go back out to shows again," or are they like, "Oh yeah, I like being cuddled up at home." But I yeah, feel it's... like people have pent up need to go. Well, I do. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I I definitely was at a point where I felt like I was I was working so much, so the last thing I wanted to do was go to a gig. Mm. But now all I want to do is go to a gig. But um, we we did a, an episode on our podcast with the Independent Venue Week. Uh, two weeks ago, last right. week, and it was fascinating. Like everyone is is desperately trying to keep things going and keep things apart, and all this support coming in from people all over the place saying, "I like, can't wait to be there with our grassroots venues." And I just hope that they remember that when they can, because they're the ones that are going to really suffer if people don't go back to them. Like, I can't wait. Like the boiler room in Guildford, it's not even local to me anymore, but I cannot wait to go back there or any show yeah. because that's just where I like to be. Yeah, absolutely. I've had some absolutely stonking times there. No, I mean like oh, yeah, being being a punter there and walk, yeah. Yeah, I mean walking on the ceiling. Maybe I shouldn't have done that, but <laughs> so you know like all these fun things as you were saying about the the size of the show, just the boiler room is that perfect size venue. Yeah. To you can have That was Boiler Room is it's like and I, I love talking about the Boiler Room because Dom's so wonderful and I, I owe a lot to them as well because they were one of the first people that actually employed me to be a sound engineer um yeah. outside of ACM. So I learned I learned a lot and um learned a lot about mixing multiple bands and stuff in there and like yeah, it, it's a small room and like back then it didn't have a fancy console or anything, but now it's 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 a premium place. Like mm. it's it's got all the gear. Right. Yeah, I mean I saw I've seen the Gallows play there. I've seen the Bronx yeah. play there. And as I say, like, real big, real big fish was there. I've yeah, pe- yeah. Those are the sort of banjos. It's like, tell me that ten years ago, I'd be like, no, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. come through, and that's like, I mean, there's, yeah, I, that the list is endless. I'm just kind of yeah. poking at the, uh, the the punk and ska bands there, which are which are more my bag. But yeah, so it's so mm. many, so many sick times there. Um, and yeah, they've been. I think they've just kind of. Uh, got involved with the live streaming and being more mm-hmm. involved with that now. So it looks like they've got a really good setup. I saw a couple of things in that was the Independent Venue Week. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what they call it. Um, and yeah, it's really, really high quality stuff. Like it's it's the same vibe you get from going in that room. They've somehow managed to kind of replicate that mm. excitement watching it online, and and not many people have managed to do that. So like, big shout out to them on this. Like. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just, but that's the passion coming through, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what that is. It's real. It's real passion. It's real wanting to make something great out of it. And that's the thing. We all have those venues local to us, Mm. and like, I I feel passionate about it. But so many people say they feel passionate about it, but won't fucking go. Like, yeah, (laughs) I can't wait to pay eight pound on the door for some band I've never heard of or don't give a shit about. I I want to do that. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. I'd rather it was a fiver, and I am going to complain about eight pound, but I'm still going to pay it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even ten pound, just yeah, whatever drink. Yeah. Ah, yeah, it'd be 
It's going to be good getting back. What, have... what I think is going to be, what I read about this week, though, is they're talking about opening up pubs without alcohol. And I wonder if they'll try and do gigs without alcohol. Um, not saying that gigs are only worth going to if you can have a beer, but I do think a lot <laughs> of people put two and two together and, and like, they do fit quite nicely hand in hand. I, I, I don't drink anymore, but it's it's um, a lot of people I know. And back in the day, like it was all about going there having a couple of beers and, and letting loose. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it, letting loose is the is the term that whether you can let loose and lose your inhibitions, say, or have and relax at a gig without alcohol. Yeah. And I think it becomes this this to put together that it is a force of habit um and again yeah. on another podcast i was speaking to um <clears throat> a good friend ed and he was saying after doing i think it was three month tour which diy tour with his act in 2015 he came back and he was alcohol dependent and he needed to get yeah. out that because in touring especially on that level when you well i think in any level but on that level where you're like oh uh maybe it would be better if we give you a crate of beer instead of paid tonight. And you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then you drink the beer instead. And then you do that every day. And then you start yeah. drinking the beers and then the beers are like water. And then you have some shots instead. Yeah. So you have the beers. Well, was, as, yeah. Yeah. And then it was we, just like, um, with one of the brands <laughs> I went for, it ended up, um, it was three bottles of liquor on the rider. And that was going every day between, Five people, six people, and it was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is too much. So I, I was just that bastard that took it all off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not having it anymore. I don't care. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And then they'll be thanking you for it afterwards. On the day where you're just like, oh, wow, where's our ride? Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, they're like, oh, cheers for doing that because... <laughs> yeah, it slippy been, slope. It's a slippery slope. It's a bit, yeah, so... It's, I guess it's learning to relax, which you can do at a gig without having a beer. Yeah. So if you take the beer away, I'll still go to the gig. I'm not going to... Absolutely. It's it's so weird. Like Since not drinking, I've actually started to enjoy so many other things that I'm quite looking forward to going to live music and not having a beer. Right, yeah. But then I also feel like I should probably buy a beer to support the uh, venue, so it's going to be a real difficult one. Well, you could buy a Coke or I'm sure like... as yeah. I prefer a lime and soda because yeah. it's not I might sugary. just buy somebody else a beer. There we go. Yeah. That's how they make the most. Yeah, I'll do that. Then you're doing Done. two good things. You're supporting a venue and buying somebody a beer. I tell you what, when we're allowed, let's go to the boardroom and I'll buy you a beer. Oh, thanks, mate. That's brilliant. That, Done. I mean, that defeats my um, chances of not drinking at the gig, but I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll have that beer as you were so kind to. <laughs> um, nice. Um, well, Fantastic. Uh, one last question then, actually, before we round up, because I know time is ticking on. Um, but that is if, well, when when we're ready to tour again, who would your dream act or band be? If you could tour manage or even do sound, doing anything, guitar teching, what would you? Oh, <clears throat> a hard one. Like, I... I... I was talking to someone about this the other day. Like, I don't have any aspirations to go and work with like my favourite bands or anything because they're usually a disappointment. Like, yes. You kind of hold them in a certain regard in your head and then they'll do something. You'll be like, oh, well, you're just a fucking twat. So I, I, I just cannot wait to get out there and do shows with Anti-Flag. I can't wait to get back out there with the boys and see the people in the crowd and... And do that. I would love to. I'd love to. Like, we'll be doing stuff with Lesson Jake. Hopefully, that will come back next year. Um, but I've never really given myself like goals of who to work with. Um, it was many years ago. I decided I didn't want to kind of go into that that big role, like the Taylor Swift style thing. Like a lot of people that are professional crew people want to be on the biggest tours in the world and to be honest i can't imagine anything fucking worse that's that's exactly what my question was i was like don't can you imagine yourself on as a guitar tech on a taylor swift show or the front of house <laughs> i mean like yeah you, you might get a holiday and a big old bonus at the end of it but you're just a number and it's i mean you're not just a number. i know people that do those tours and they absolutely love it but they're so long there's so much pressure on it there's so much like it seems quite detached um 
sure. And I know people love it, but I don't, yeah, it's it's not for me. So yeah, I'd I'd love to um, I'd love to do the Suicide Machines. Cool. Um, so I mean, fingers crossed. We'll see what happens there. There we go. Um, you heard it here, Suicide Machines. If you're listening, Craig. Maybe <laughs> I want to do them. Yeah. Um. Uh. Who else? Yeah, once again, my brain's turned to mush. Um, hopefully do some more shows with idols. Um, there's a really cool band that we're opening up for. Oh, fuck, Spanish Love Songs. That's who I want to tour with again. I fucking love those boys and girls. And uh, and Red Sea. Everyone I've ever worked with, like, I just want to do it all again. Yeah. I can't wait. It's that, I, th- I want to go and do Front of House for Darker. Yes, that would be cool. Let's That's do what that. I want to do. Let's do that. Yeah. I think, yeah. Let's do that. That would be. That's going to be. That's my aspiration. Having a, having Craig Leach on front of house. Any time, buddy. Any time we're at the same festival, I'll just come and do it. <laughs> nice one, man. That's fucking yeah, awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for uh, joining me today on the Pleasure, your so podcast. Um, and uh, everybody needs to go check out to- Talking Touring uh, with. Uh, Craig, uh, the podcast available, I guess, on all streaming p- podcasting platforms. I think platforms. so. I don't even know what all platforms means anymore. <laughs> I say that. I mean, like, your favourite platform, unless... Yeah, that's the one, yeah. I guess whatever that is. But, yeah, I'm in... It's basic. It's on Spotify and Apple. That's it, I yeah. know that much. Yeah. <clears throat> SoundCloud? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing to do? <laughs> it's, a, it's out there in the... So if you type in talking, yeah. touring into a search engine i'm not going to put names there but yeah Oops. you'll get it <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it was, it was really nice uh to talk about some tours bring back some nice memories and get excited Absolutely. for what's to come in the future Absolutely. mate thank you so much for having me bud you're welcome dude and there we have it that was an absolutely fantastic chat with craig leach uh thanks to craig for coming on if you want more from craig which I'm sure you do check out Talking Touring on whatever platform you absorb your podcasts on. Or you may be at a anti-flag or less than Jake show and see him on the desk. Go and give him a high five, buy him a Coke or a beer. I don't know if he's going to be drinking them. Next week, I speak to Stefan from Spam Records. We have a little chat about what's coming up. Um, uh, if you missed last week, then I definitely recommend checking that out. I spoke to Ed and it was a fantastic, deep and meaningful. I haven't spoken to Ed for a while, so it was great and worth a listen. Thanks very much for checking out another Lockjaw podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all your pals because we want to spread the word and have people listening um if you want to hear more music get over to lockjawrecords.co.uk or of course hop on to the constant bangover playlist which is full of lockjaw tracks as well as some other tracks or many other tracks from different bands across the globe that we are digging at the moment and enjoy the rest of your day cheers <laughs>